You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Today's a good one. Are any of you manifestors? You're a manifester. Message me. I want to know you. That sounds creepy when I whisper like that. I swear I'm not a serial killer. Okay. So Katie Calder, back on the show. Part two, all about human design, baby. I'm so excited about this. All about how human design aligns us. And what Tady, what Tady, 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 what Katie has taught me, it's been a long day. What Katie has taught me about human design and knowing myself in this way is so profound. And you'll hear it in this episode, but everything she says, I'm like, yes, that is me. Oh my gosh, I understand myself. This is amazing. So it's super fun to share this very intimate conversation with all of you because I think a lot of it's going to resonate, even if you're not a manifester, no matter where you are on the spectrum of design. It's just a beautiful thing to be explorative within yourself and really get curious about why we do the things we do and where it comes from and the way the stars align and pop us out how we are. So interesting. So interesting. It's mind blowing. I want to do seven more episodes on this. Um, so maybe we'll do one on every human design. I feel like that would be cool. Just throwing it out there. Just an idea. If you want me to do that, let me know. I'm so excited to share Katie with you. Let's just get right into this. I don't want to wait anymore. I want you to hear all the juicy good things. Here is Miss Katie Calder. This is the first time I've had my human design talked about on the show, and you do it in such a marvelous way. So I'm really excited to hear all the things. I don't even know where we begin. Um, I'm so excited. I've done my human design before, years ago, but we've never done it on the show. So Amazing. So I'm not going to waste everyone's time in talking about what human design is or what all the types are. You can find that on... You can look at my account. Basically, human design is the system that combines Eastern and Western astrology, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, biomechanics, all of these tried and true systems into this one modern system that gives the blueprint of who your soul came to be and how to best live your life. And I say with anything else, it's like you don't need human design. You don't need astrology. You don't need the Enneagram. Like, and I also don't think human design is better or worse than any system or any modality or any tool that gets you closer to yourself. But human design is what did it for me. And human design was the thing that um, after studying so many different things and just like trying to figure out who I was, gave me such relief and such permission to step in fully as me. And so I always say with every single client, every single person, I talk to, I do human design a little bit different in that I'm not going to talk step-by-step through like the cookie cutter way of doing it. I'm very intuitively guided into what I need to talk about first, into how I navigate the chart, into whatever is telling me that I need to tell this to you about you right now. And so I have your chart um, right above me. And if you ever have read or have looked at human design information that makes you feel restricted in your life, leave it. Any sort of old tool, old modality, like we're, t- we're talking about the Piscean age and moving into the Aquarian age. These are not systems that are here to be restrictive or be voodoo or limit you from being the fullest, most expansive version of yourself. And that's what I always say. Like if this does not feel good and feels restrictive or feels limiting of who you are, Nix it. It's not for you. I only want you to take what um, is fully expansive and fully you. And I also only want this to be a permission of, I mean, it's usually I'm talking to people that I know nothing about, but I always say like, I'm looking at your chart and for you, I'm looking at it as if I don't know anything about you. Um, And really just talking about a lot of things that you already know, but giving you full permission to step in as this. Right. And so we're going to go dive into a bunch of Kelly's chart. 
you know, I, I always say like human design, you can dive for years and years and years and years. There's always more. It's also always changing depending on your chart isn't changing, but it's how it's being affected is always changing by the planets, by who you're around, by how you're relating. And again, it's a system that has given me such freedom to live not only my most aligned and purposeful, but my most me life and to be the most me. And so usually if you know nothing else about your human design, you know your energy type. And I want to caveat by there's a lot of human design is becoming really trendy right now, which is awesome. I think that's great. Like make it trendy. But usually if you know nothing else, it's your energy type. And just because you're a manifester doesn't mean you're like all other manifestors. It's actually not like that at all. Um, it has a lot to do with your uniqueness, with how the energy flows in your body, with what traits, gates, channels you have active. And your energy type talks about how you best use your energy so you can experience the most flow in the least resistance. It talks about your aura. And so as a manifester, manifestors are about eight to 10% of the population. And historically, like in the 1700s, manifestors were all the kings and queens. They're all the people that started the wars. They're manifestors are the initiators. They're here to do the things, start the movements and have all everyone else help, help carry out these movements for them. And um, it's so interesting because 90 to 92% of society, we've been conditioned by the manifestors. We've been told that in order to be successful, we need to initiate and start the things. And really that's only correct for manifestors, but mm. that doesn't mean that manifestors have it easy. And this is where I think so much is lost in human design, because if, if the majority of the world has been conditioned by manifestors, it's like, okay, well, manifestors should have it easy. They can just do the things and people can get triggered because manifestors can do the things and go after the things and don't have to like, wait, everyone else has a little bit of a pause, which again, should not be limiting. It's, it's, um, it's to help you with most flow. And we're not going to talk about the other types, but we will talk about that the fact that the manifestors have been quote unquote conditioning society. Well, society has been conditioning the manifestors because here's the thing. Since you are born, you are not here to be told what to do. Yet we grow up, you grow up as a manifester and being told that you need to go to bed at this time or having your teacher tell you need specific things which can lead to the quote unquote, not self theme of anger, you're supposed to feel deep peace in alignment. But because of the way that the world has potentially programmed you deep senses of anger can come. And it's because you're not here to be told what to do. Like you're here to be independent to freely be able to move towards things move towards your urges to make an impact. And manifestors are the only type that like you have these, these things that come in that you are you feel called to move towards these urges, right? These, these things, these desires that you're driven to. And um, it works differently for most others, but you're actually here to go after the ones that feel impactful for you. And so manifestors, it's like, it's not supposed to feel one. There's some misconceptions I hear that are touted sometimes that like manifestors are destined for a lonely life or manifestors have a repelling aura. Oh, I hate that gag. Like it's just not old school human design. No, thank you. It's that when you are aligned and you've probably seen this in your life, um, this, your energy is incredibly penetrating in that you when you create or initiate or whatever, you draw the people in that are meant to help you and support you on your mission. And the ones that are not meant to can fall away, which can be challenging for a manifester because of their conditioning, because you know what your main conditioning is? Hmm. People pleasing. Oh, perfect. Yeah, people pleasing because manifestors who are not supposed to be told what to do are told that they need to ask for permission and blah, 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 which is not true for you. You're not supposed to act for permission. And this is where you can get out of alignment though, in, you know, feeling not good and how you're moving forward or feeling like you can't, you just don't feel yourself because you're doing what society told you, or, you know, you're doing the things right. You're, you've made it in the career. That's supposedly the one that you should want, whatever, whatever, where in fact, you're here to like, you kind of get the message from source, from spirit, from whatever that is the initiating force in whatever you create. So you're here to be a creator being, you're here to initiate, but you are not here to be working and grinding and doing all the work. 
by yourself. You're here to kind of catalyze the momentum and then have those around you who are like, yeah, we, we support this mission and we need to help um, come and help you. So it's very similar. I mean, I so see this in what you've done in building your media company. Yeah. That's, I was just thinking that like, damn, that is soul fire. (laughs) Yeah. It's literally soul fire, which as I mean, even from just the beginning of the year to now, it's like, you are a manifester in inspired action. Um, I note, I noted the anger and the peace before one of the, the main ways that anger usually comes in is both manifestors and manifesting generators have this, it's a nonverbal creative flow that when someone or something interrupts your nonverbal creative flow, it can make you so angry because it's like, you can't, and that can even be, it's just someone who wants to like be part of your life. Right. And they could be coming in and saying, you know, what are you up to Kelly? And you're like in the midst of your creative flow and it's nonverbal. So you can't, you're not here to explain what you're doing. You're just in it. And that can create resistance and tension and anger, not because you don't like the person or don't love the person, but because it's getting in the way of your creative flow, which comes to your strategy. So if you're, if your type tells you anything, right, it talks about your aura, how your aura works and, and a strategy with how to best use that aura and flow. And because of your conditioning of people pleasing or whatever, or not actually following those urges and that, that power that you have, um, oftentimes manifestors are not using their strategy correctly, which I've noted you doing time and time again of using it correctly. The strategy is to inform and initiate. So and it's not asking permission. It's letting people know who would be affected, what you're doing. So that they can feel like, okay, I'm part of Kelly's world. You know, I know what she's doing. And then they won't get in the way of your creative flow and then doing the thing. Mm. Maybe it's like you're at a dinner party and all of a sudden you're like, I need to get up and go on a walk. And you don't want to have to tell anyone or whatever, because that would be annoying. And like, you don't want anyone questioning you because you're going to do the thing. And so oftentimes manifestors don't inform because they don't want anyone questioning them or like getting in the way. But really the informing and the um, telling everyone around you, the people that will be impacted, maybe at the dinner party, you were supposed to lead a game in 15 minutes and some suddenly they all see that you're gone and they're like, everyone's like, where's Kelly? Was she supposed to lead the game? Everyone's worried, whatever, whatever. So it's just about informing what you're going to do, which then creates so much more ease and flow in all of your relationships and in your life, because ultimately you need the freedom and independence you want, you crave and like, everyone's destined for true, like deep intimacy, but you also need a bunch of freedom to be able to follow your urges within that. And so the informing of just like what you consistently need when you need time to flush out other energies, all of that, that's really, really important for you. I'm going to pause thoughts. Um, yes. It's just like so perfectly describes me and how I operate. Cause I'm always like informing and I'm, I, I speak my mind a lot. Because what I feel is when I say things out loud, they happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like for people, I don't like not knowing, like, I don't like when people do things and I don't know like what's going on, especially like in a work environment, mm-hmm. I feel very left out and I feel like I don't have a part in it and it feels, and now I get it more as like the CEO and co-founder of the company it's really important for me that the entire team knows what we're doing, even in things that they're not directly included in, you know, minutia details, logistics, how I'm building things out, what we're offering. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't really impact each person, but I feel like it's really important to speak it out loud because I know that that allows it to happen. And also to include everyone so that they feel acknowledge and a part of things. And also because it's almost like marching orders, like, okay, here's the thing. We all hold this collective vision together and this is what we're going to do to make it happen. Yes. And the informing is both ways that you even mentioned this for being in relation with the manifestor. It's also important to inform them just to let you know, not, not because you're asking their permission, because it also makes you feel close with that person mm-hmm. because you want the freedom to do your thing. And it, you really appreciate when other people take the time to tell you what's part of their world, not because you need to be involved in all the things, but just because it creates a closeness. Mm-hmm. It's and how you operate. And like what you just said is so, 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 so real and so perfect for manifestors. And 
Um, right. So we have this strategy, which is to initiate, to inform, but okay, it's great. Like I have all these urges and these things I want to do and I'm supposed to initiate and inform. I get it. But like, how do you know when a decision is right? Right. It's like, okay, I get that that's a strategy, but like, how do I know that this is an urge or an idea that I should go after? And this is what I think. And I, what I always say, if you take nothing else away from any session that I give from anything in human design, it's this, that the mind is never the authority. The mind is never the authority. What does that mean? Well, human design shows that everyone has um, a unique inner authority to them. And what an authority is, is the way that you uniquely make decisions for you. But we have been programmed since we've come out of the womb that we need to think about things and rationalize things and analyze things and conceptualize things. And that's not how we make decisions. The mind is not where we make decisions, but the mind is really, really good. I mean, you have a super active mind. You have this direct connection between your head center, which only about 30% of the population have a defined head. So you not only have consistent access to internal inspiration, you are an inspiration to others and you being around you amplifies other people's inspiration, but you have this active mind through a channel and a channel is two basically genes connected to each other that activate energy and a consistent flow of energy through your being. And you have this activation between your mind and your head. Um, the, the channel is called the 4764. Sometimes it's called the channel of abstraction. And it's like your mind loves grappling with abstract concepts. And it, it's like, thinks that life is a great mystery that you're willing to solve. And it's a, this is a great thinker. Anyone who has is a great thinker with the potential to inspire. It combines these two elements where the 64, this energy that you have, it's almost like these large chunks and downloads of information just come into your head like all at once. And it's not necessarily rational, but it just comes in. And it, these, these mind people who have this energy think about things like, what is the meaning of life? And you have these mental realizations, quite literally mental realizations, because it's the gate of realization, the great, the gate that just has these like chunks and downloads of information that you know, you need to relieve pressure from your mind because you could feel a consistent amount of pressure just because of your circuitry, but relieving the pressure to realize that um, when you find silence or like when you microdose, when you find ways to honor your being, this information just comes in and then you know exactly what to do with it. Um, I bring this up first because I'm going to talk about your authority in a second. And, and I'm, this is important for you because your mind is always working. Your mind is always thinking about things and the mind is so good about solving things for information. You have a consistent way of processing information um, in your mind and you also have a unique ability to be certain. Not everyone has this, but you have a unique ability to be certain. Um, so yes, I do. I wanna, you, you do. And not only that, you have a couple more gates in your, um, what's called your Ajna center, your mind center, gate four. Gate four is... It's in your moon, which has to do with what drives you or what drives you crazy. This is the gate of answers. You have an answer for everything. You literally have an answer for everything. But anyone with this, answers are merely possibilities that are here to be tested over time, right? So it's always knowing that like you will always have an answer, but an answer is always something that has the potential for transformation, change to, to shift. So not getting so stuck or caught up in your answers. And in your mind, you also have Gate 11. Gate 11 is the gate of ideas. You have it activated three times in your chart. You have it in your Saturn. You have it in both of your Uranuses. Saturn is all about um, a challenge that can then bring transformation and bring blessings. Uranus is like a sudden unexpected catalyst. And Saturn, this energy might have been um, more activated in you around the ages of like 28 to 30. Gate 11 is the gate of ideas. You have more ideas that are possible of being able to be created in a lifetime. And what I'm going to tell you in a second is that your mind, you have this really active mind. It wants to solve like everything in the world. It has all of these ideas. It has answers for everything. It's constantly processing and inspiring other people. And it's always working. But your mind, you have what's called the split. And again, when I say all of these things, don't worry about the nuances. I'm talking about like literally the mechanics of how the energy works in Kelly's body, but a split where your head and your mind are separate from the other definition in your body. And definition is basically what's colored in, what's always active 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so your authority where you make decisions 
is actually has this tiny little separation from your mind. And so where your mind is really good at looking at information, solving things like um, has the ability to be certain about solving things for other people. It's not where you make decisions for you. Mm. So, okay, I get that. Yeah, I know that I have, I'm inspiring people with my knowing and I seek into the meaning of life and get these mental downloads that can radically change people's perspectives. But how do I make decisions for myself then? Well, I will tell you, you have splenic authority. Ah, splenic authority. What does this mean? Well, the spleen is the center of intuition, of instinct. It's our most primal survival system. It also is about health and wellness. It's also about fear. And your spleen is so interesting. Um, Your spleen center is directly connected to your throat. You have an ability to immediately communicate from your intuition, also connected to your heart. So the heart sometimes is called the ego. It's sometimes called the will center. It's, it's um, it, when the heart knows what it wants, you have the drive to go after it and to get it. But the spleen and how it operates for you, it's really, really subtle. And it's like you receive these pings, almost like whispers. And it speaks once and it speaks in the, speaks once in the now and then it goes away. And so the spleen will look like this. Let's say that you're walking down the street and you're meeting people at a restaurant and the restaurant's on the left. And all of a sudden the spleen's like, turn left, turn right. And your mind suddenly kicks in and your mind's like, wait, but I'm already running late to the restaurant. The restaurant's on the left, but like, I just got to knowing that I need to turn right. And then your mind, right. You're in the mind now. Your mind's like trying to rationalize and whatever. All of a sudden, Instead of going to the rational mind, you turn left and you meet the love of your life right there. You have this consistent, I say that the spleen is the authority that sometimes can be the most challenging, especially if you have a really active mind, because it's so subtle. The more and more you trust those knowings and follow those knowings, regardless of if they make any sense, the more and more your life goes boop, 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 boop. And I've seen you do this so massively this year of just like trusting yourself and not knowing why, but doing the thing. And then we'll talk about like the spleen also has fear. So there are a couple fears that are consistently running through you that are not real. They're only because the spleen's about survival. It's only helping you survive from if the tiger is going to eat you. But we're going to talk about them because you mentioned one earlier and I was like, does she have gate 48? Yes, she does. And so we'll talk about that. Um, but the spleen, one more time, your authority. So you're ready to initiate and inform people. Do you know if this is the business venture that you're going to do or this is the new place you're going to travel to? Well, for you, it's not about taking a lot of time or whatever. It's like, it's almost not rational how the spleen operates. It just comes in when it comes in, it comes in once and it goes away. And then the mind might try to rationalize, but you have to go with it. And the more and more you follow your instincts, the more your life up levels in the craziest ways, unlike anyone could understand. And you will not be able to explain why you know things or what the knowing is or why you're doing certain things to people. You don't need to. You just, when it's correct, you inform people. Does all that, does that all make sense so far? Yes. No, like spot fucking on. Yes. So the spleen, the place of your intuition, always operating. And this mind is super, super incredible, right? Super, super powerful, but isn't here to make decisions. So when you notice that you're like super in the mind or that just a decision is really, really hard to make or that you're trying to overanalyze or rationalize or X, Y, and Z something, that's the time to take a breath, take a break. And um, just allow your knowing to come in because for you, it's so, so, so quick. And your spleen is connected, I said before, to your throat and to your, to your heart center. So you have this gate called 48. You have the full channel. It's called the 1648. It bridges. The 48 is the gate of depth. The 16 is the gate of like skills or talent. And I want to spend a second on 48 because this is your unconscious Mercury, which basically Mercury is the, the planet that you're here to communicate about and teach. We're going really deep today because I'm going to go into the line. You are 48.1, which means one is the line of incredible depth. It's all about investigating, diving deep into things, which only furthers this gate. So 48, 
since it's in the spleen, it has a potential fear linked to it. And the fear on gate 48 is the potential fear of not having enough knowledge Mm. or the potential fear of inadequacy or the imposter syndrome. And I swear every single one of my private clients has gate 48. And I'm like, homie, dude, this is the gate of depth. And the reason that it has the fear of not knowing enough or like not having enough knowledge or inadequacy for imposter syndrome, those come up because then gate 48 dives even deeper into everything to have even more depth because of its potential fear of not having enough knowledge. So anyone with 48, I'm like, sometimes these are people that will take all of the courses and they'll always think they'll need another course. But it's like, no, when you have this, you have so much depth on every topic that you don't even understand you have. Um, And actually, I'm going to skip around because now I'm guided to talk about that you are a 2-4 this is your profile. This is kind of like the archetype of who you came to be in this world. It's combined with two lines. The two line is all about the natural or, or, um, yeah, I call it the natural. This is someone who's naturally gifted and talented. And you have these like natural things that you're able to see and these gifts and they're, they're pulled out by other people, but the two doesn't always see how much it knows or what it has because it always has had it. It's always known these things. Sometimes in traditional human design, the two line is referred to as the hermit. And I don't like calling it this because the two line does need time alone, but it needs time alone so it can spend time in its creative muse so it can be pulled back out in society. But I bring this up too, because this is the dominant number in your profile. Um, And so it's like your natural ability, your natural gifts are so dominant to the character of who you are. The four line is all about community and collaboration and the connections that you have. And um, this is the unconscious quote unquote line of your profile in that other people see this in you. You don't as readily see this in yourself, even though the two line on your conscious aspect, like you don't always see the gifts that you have because you've always had these gifts. But the four line, this is all about you being connected with the right people in order to bring the work that you're here to do in the world out. And because you are a two, four, because, um, the number that's first is smaller. You have what's called a a personal karma, meaning you came back here for you and you do your work in the world through you, like through living your path in alignment with you. It's not about like needing to help everyone else and whatever. No, no, no. You help everyone else through living your Dharma Mm. and through like being unapologetic of stepping more and more into your path. I needed to bring that up because we're going back to the 4816, this connection between your spleen and your throat. We know that your spleen is your intuition. We know that this is the way that you make decisions. We know that you have gate 48 in your mercury um, in line one, the mercury, what you're here to communicate about, teach 48, the gate of so much depth. You are here to teach, communicate about all of the depth that you have, all of the depth that you have on every single topic that you have. And even more, you don't just have it hanging, you have it directly connected to your throat through the gate 16. Oh my gate God. of skills, directly connected to your throat, your intuition directly connected to your throat. 16, it's another place of your moon. Your moon, I think I talked about before, yeah, with because you have gate four. What drives you or what drives you crazy? Gate 16, skills, talent. This is the just do it energy. You will have the things to back it. Sometimes if you just had gate 16, I would say, ah, oh, you, you might step into things a little bit too quickly. You might like not have the depth to back it. But what this tells me is that it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway, because the 1648 is like, there's this enthusiasm in this depth and you're designed to use your intuitive depth with continued, like not only communication, but manifestation, the throat is the center of manifestation. You have this consistent access to manifest based on your intuition. <laughs> and it's it's so backed by not only sheer talent and ability to like go, literally this is like the just do it energy paired with an energy that sometimes can pull you back if you feel like you don't have enough knowledge. But because of that pulling you back, it has not only so much knowledge, but so much depth on everything. I will pause. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The fact that that's directly connected to my throat is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I feel that so much. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is so Mm -hmm. interesting. Even, um, so as we're recording this, the onyx is not live when this comes out, it is, but 
I'm sending out all of the first invitations after we get off this recording. Um, and I have like 120 something women that are being invited to like founding members. And I am like freaking the fuck out because mm. imposter syndrome jumps in yeah. and it's like, you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? Why would anyone want to like pay to be a part of anything you do? Which is why I've given things away for free for the last three years. Mm. And then everything comes in and it's like, no, you've literally channeled this whole thing. You are so divinely connected to it. This is your purpose. This is what you are meant to do and how you're meant to serve. Stop fucking talking yourself out of it. I'm like, okay. And it's just, that is the battle within my head every time I put something out into the world. And it is so interesting mm-hmm. to like hear it through you and re- have it reflected. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. That's exactly what's happening inside of me. Yeah. And it, and it will happen too, right before you bring the thing into reality. Often it's like, sometimes like there's that tension before the push, but I know that you've had this multiple times. Like I could not know anything about you and see this chart and say that you've had this experience over and over again of like, yeah, people might've not known how much imposter syndrome was showing up or how much you felt like a fraud in stepping in yet you did it because you got this push and this energy and this ping that was like, okay, it's time. Even if the mind, right. might be like talking yourself out of it or needing to figure out more answers or whatever you did it anyway. And then look what usually happened when you follow that intuitive knowing. I mean, that's, wild. that's soul fire. Like Connor kept telling me over and over, this is a bad idea. It's too expensive. Like this model doesn't work. Like there's a reason no one else does what you're saying you want to do. And I just kept being like, okay, I hear you. Not that he's wrong. Like the reason we're together is because he's so fucking rational and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm like (laughs) off in the ethers and he's like, yo, homie, come back. And so I love when he brings that to me, but I'm also like, no, that's not, that's not what this is. Like this has to come out. And I kept just sitting with it and I kept believing and I'm like, trust it, trust it. You keep feeling and hearing that this is what you were meant to do. This is it. Like you were on TV for 15 years so you could create soul fire. Like that was the whole point. And I kept putting it out and we kept building it. And even when like things were falling apart and Connor had to talk me into keeping the company. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like I don't want to do this anymore. Like it doesn't matter when COVID hit and like shit got ugly and I didn't know if we were going to survive. And yeah. then as soon as that happened, I like fully surrendered and I let the company be the thing instead of me being the thing. And it took on a life of its own and hit six figures in six months, like as a brand new company. But I was keeping it from doing that. Even though I was trusting and creating it, I was still like micromanaging it and coming from fear. And as soon Mm -hmm. as I let go of that, it just blew up. Just a little pause in this one with Katie to tell you about how I am nourishing myself. One of the ways I nourish myself is having these conversations. Truly, it fills me up. It lights me up. It brings me so much joy to sit here with the people I love most and share these intimate conversations with you. So thank you for being a part of my nourishment and I hope nourishing yourself. I am love, love, loving my collagen cream from Surya Spa. My skin started getting dry again and the weather has been so weird here lately. It snowed and was a degree, one degree. What is that, California girl? One degree last week, snowing, snowing, snowing. And today it was about 65 and I almost put on a summer dress. So my skin is questioning my decision making and lifestyle, I guess. But the collagen cream is coming in strong right now, as well as the balancing face oil. So I kind of mix them up when I'm super dry. I lather on the collagen cream. It's very thick, almost tacky. Uh, So it makes sure that it really holds the hydration in your skin. And then the balancing face oil, I absolutely love morning or night, but it really feels like it's seeping into your cells. It's so powerful. Uh, And I love Surya Spa because it is all created by my incredible, I, I can't talk today. It is all created by my incredible Ayurvedic doctor, Queen Marta Sofer. 
love and savior of my life. And she's the one that came up with all of this. So this is what she uses during Panchakarma. She uses it on all of her clients when she is allowed to do in-person services. And so the fact that we have access to this now is epic. And I have the only discount code on the planet. So you're welcome. If you go to Surya Spa, S-U-R-Y-A Spa.com, use the code Kelly T. You'll get 15% off site wide. That includes consultations with Queen Marta. Just saying you should probably get on that because she's the best. I am also just really feeling the red juice by Organifi right now. Can I just give the red juice a shout out? Because I feel like I ignore the red juice and it doesn't get the play in my life that it really needs because I have a codependent relationship with the chocolate gold. And if you've had the chocolate gold, you understand why I am codependent with it. I took my codependence out of relationship and put it into a superfood supplement that I make frothy and delicious. And then the red, which has 11 superfoods and keeps me from having to juice or blend because Lord knows that doesn't happen. And then all of my antioxidant rich superfoods go bad. And then I feel guilty about wasting money and food. I don't have to do that. The red juice shows up like a goddamn boss. So I'm giving the red juice a shout out today. And in the sauna, it tastes divine. It's so refreshing. So just take a break from your damn gold and get over there to the red. Give it some love. Allow it to help you beat the crash and increase your blood flow. Just feel rejuvenated. <laughs> but seriously, it's so good. Go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Don't forget, my code gets you 20% off, bitches. Kelly T. 20% off. I'm in a weird mood. <laughs> Just ignore me. Let's get back to this one with Miss Katie Calder. This is such a testament to you not even knowing, but surrendering in through the practice, like through the experimentation of your life of living your design because you're open sacral. This is what makes you a manifester. Like you're not here to work consistently or you have these bursts of energy and then it's like, go play, go rest, yeah. do whatever. You're not supposed to be micromanaging or doing everything. You, you birth the idea and then you allow the people to help support you mm-hmm. and you're open sacral or it's undefined technically, meaning it's white with at least one gate. We talked earlier about the gate three. You have gate three on your undefined sacral. Gate three for you is in your Jupiter Jupiter is all about expansion, blessings, literally the expansion and blessings through your life are through activating your DNA. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it's so wild. And then um, you also have gate five on your sacral, which gate five has to do with finding like a routine or a structure in your life that works for you. Basically, like this is not about being on anyone else's timeline or whatever. It's like you like the structure of how you do things. Um, you have this in two places, Mercury can communicate through not only a structured way, but um, you help others like put structures in their lives to help them use their energy in the best way possible, right? Mm-hmm. This is what you teach in different programs that you teach through all that you do. No wonder it's the other place in your Mercury. You combine these structures, these routines, these rituals, these things that you've pulled from just being and from being on your path with this intuitive intense depth that sometimes can make you feel like you don't have enough knowledge. And so then you just have more and 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 more knowledge. Um, so communicate, teach, like those are both of your Mercuries. And five is also though on your other Saturn, which, cause you have two of each planet because we have a conscious side and an unconscious side in the chart. If you're confused as to why I'm saying like, you've already talked about Mercury, whatever, that's why. Um, but your other Saturn, which again, are like those challenges to bring blessings potentially is on five. So five in having that routine or structure or whatever, especially between the ages of 28 and 30, you might've found more challenges with your structure or found like you couldn't be on your own time, whatever, you know, any of those themes could have been challenges that then you like looked into and had a massive growth in. Mm. But open sacral, like you can amplify energy around you, but you're not here to consistently be just like grinding and working. You need time to flush out and especially flush out the energy of other people. I think that's why I was so tired when I was in television. 
Totally. Cause it was such a grind, like 11 hours a day, days and days and days on end at the ballpark or in the studio. And I was so exhausted and I was taking on everyone else's energy and I had no boundaries and I was people pleasing and doing, I mean, you name it, I layered it all on top of each other, but that makes a lot of sense for why I would have been so tired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, but we talked a bunch about your head. Like you have this mental pressure that consistently works in your being like, and then you find ways to relieve it through following your strategy and authority, but you have an undefined root center, which means physical adrenaline, energy, stress, all of that. You are not here to, to feel stressed, but you can feel even more stress depending on who you're around. So this is where we see like massive adrenal fatigue or like burnout or any number of things, the root center, you're not here to feel stressed, but you can feel even more stress. And that stress can cause you to feel like you need to check everything off of your list and find ways of relieving it when really it's probably you amplifying other people mm-hmm. or things. And you have two gates on your root center, gate 58, which is in your, in both of your Neptunes, which Neptune has to do with kind of your spiritual work in the world. Um, and a 58 is, is often called the joyful spark. And this is about the uh, pressure because it's since it's in the root, there is a pressure attached to it, pressure to correct and to perfect and to make things better. And it's all about making things better so that we have more joy in life. It's the joy of life. And it's the thing with this, like a low form of this would be perfectionism. That could be a way, right? And this is in your spiritual work, remember. So the high form is knowing that the joy is in the process, not in the perfection because Mm. processes are always subject to change. And so you kind of in your spiritual work, like you find better pathways, you correct and perfect and make things better. You find better routes to the joy of life. And you do that through um, shedding anything that says that it needs to be one way or this way or that. And you create just by being a manifester too. It's your birthright. You create new pathways. Yeah. I feel like when I first started on this path, it was very rigid and it had to look a certain way. The perfectionist in me was like, must journal for this amount of time and then listen to this meditation and then do this thing. And it was so rigid. And I can't even tell you the last time I journaled. Um, it just has not felt aligned for me. And I just like let my body do what it needs to do. So if that's microdosing, if that's dancing, if that's being playful or being in nature, just taking a bath, whatever that is, I just kind of like follow that flow. And like Mm -hmm. you just said, I feel so much more joy and peace and pleasure when I allow that rather than trying to create it to be something. Cause then I'm in achievement mode. Oh, that's it. That's it. And it's like, you show others that it doesn't have to be rigid like that either. Mm-hmm. You sh- because you've seen the opposite, you've seen the contrast, right? And so now you show, oh, wait, the spiritual isn't about like needing to do my journal every morning and then do this. No, no, no. It's actually about listening to the pleasure and the process. And that's where the most spiritual experiences and connection can come. Mm-hmm. So wild. The other gate that you have on your root center is gate 54. Gate 54 is on your conscious Venus. Venus has to do with your values, what you value. And 54 is, it's the most ambitious gate in the entire chart. And, but it's not just ambition for ambition's sake. This is a dream or vision that comes from divine inspiration. It's like, it's a drive because it's in your route to go um, beyond whatever level that someone says that you can achieve and in pursuit of not only material success or social success, but spiritual success. And it's, it's a pressure that also connects you to the right people and places in order to help you carry out the work you're doing. But in having this energy in your Venus, this pressure in what you value, it's like you really, really have this ambition to rise and to achieve, but not achieve in a I think that there sometimes can be sticky, you know, sticky connotations to achievement. And this is an achievement that benefits the whole because that, that's something, there's a couple of gates that you always want to look um, and make sure that it's being used for the greater good of the whole and like what you're actually driven towards instead of just gain because society says that or, or to be um, 
manipulative in any way, right? Because in its low form, they can have a ten- tendency to be like that. But ultimately, it's like, you came here to achieve, you came here to transform, you came here to rise up, you came here to um, follow whatever that dream is and be able to really bring it into the world. And you really, really value that. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. that deeply. It's big. And the final gate that's open or undefined technically for you, your emotion center, your solar plexus, you are very empathic, my dear, as if I needed to even (laughs) say that. And this is about, there's not a consistent way that you process emotions, but you could be totally fine. Easy, breezy, beautiful. Suddenly go into a coffee shop. This person over here is depressed. You're even more depressed. This person's happy. You're even more happy. This person's sad. You're even more sad. You so understand what other people are going through, but it's not yours to carry that. But so this, this can be challenging, especially in childhood for open emotionals, because it's like, you know, a parent or a family member is feeling sort of ways and all of a sudden your emotions are all over the place. And so a non-emotional, like it's, you're technically a non-emotional sometimes can be even more emotional because of who's around them. And so this is where my observe don't absorb comes in even more because ultimately like you're here to be so wise about emotions and you're here to so understand you. I mean, you have so much compassion understanding because when someone's going through something, you don't only feel it, you feel it even more <laughs> if you're not careful. So it's really important to like have boundaries, flush things out because while you can experience it and while you can feel it and while you can understand it, it's not yours to carry. And within that, you have two gates, gate six and gate 22, which um, gate six is all about like bringing equilibrium in life and balancing emotions, balancing high and low. There's a lot of like biological components to this gate as well. Um, one, it's part of this, this channel that's, it's like sexuality where sexuality is housed and of like procreation. And so it's, it's part of this channel that is here to not only give birth to like, can have the potential to be fertile, <laughs> but is also here to give birth to creative concepts mm. and projects and like creation. This is really where creation is housed. And you have six in... Where is six in your chart? Ah, it's also in your Venus. Values, value system, giving birth to creative things, projects. It's a highly like potent sexual energy, all of that. Like, no wonder this is what you're doing. Yeah. It, it's wild. And then 22, 22 is so interesting. You have 22 because I always ask people who have this, which I don't need to ask you because I know you, but do animals really like you? Are animals super attracted to you? (laughs) Because this is a gate of grace and this, you just have this like graceful, charming way of navigating life. You might see it, you might not, but you have this intrigue that it's almost like it's a mystical nature of being in the world. It's this component that's highly, highly uh, seductive for people, for animals. Animals are usually super, super drawn to people with gate 22. And this is a gate that's part of your incarnation cross. And so I've left most of your incarnation cross for last because your incarnation cross is the four most important gates in your chart. And they make up about 70% of your life purpose. And yours is the right angle cross of rulership, technically. But gate 22, this energy, this is in your um, one of your earths, your unconscious earth, which the earth is, if the, if the, Sun is the yang, the earth is the yin, the earth is the grounding energy. And so this like really charming, this potent, this, this emotional energy in a lot of ways um, in the solar plexus that just you have this magical way of traversing life that people see as super, super appealing and it, it colors and it grounds everything that you do. Mm. Um. Do you have any, any thoughts, questions? Well, (laughs) that part is interesting. People, especially this year, it's come up a lot, the way I've handled things so gracefully. And I just don't, I don't ever acknowledge that. That's not my personal experience of myself, but that makes sense. Cause when things are hard, you're not like analyzing, how am I handling this? Um, but that's been like the one word that has come up so much. And so that's really interesting. And then I think the other thing is my girlfriends would always joke with me that, I had a magic wand when it came to men because they all fell in love with me overnight and wanted to marry me. They're like, you just have this like magic wand. 
and this like seduction where you just like lure them in and not in like a weird way, but it was just like, just the way I carry myself, I guess. I don't know. And then yeah, with animals, I mean, obviously my own (laughs) puppies, of course, but even with like horses, like I remember when my mom was dying, they had, there's a ranch down the street from my parents' house. And I kept walking down there because I've done a lot of equine therapy. Horses are super healing for me, but it's one thing when you're working with a trainer and they're like teaching you how to like bring the horse to yourself. But when I, when I was there, I kept going down to this ranch and walking by the horses. So I was like crying and upset. Obviously there's a lot going on. And I remember a couple of days I went down there. I just stood at the fence and the horses were on the other side of this like giant stall, whatever area. I don't know what you call it. Mm-hmm. And I just stood there and I just like was super open and just like really calm and just being with them. And they all started walking towards me both times. And they were just so calm. And a couple of them just stayed with me for like 20 minutes and we're just there. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't feel like this is normal. I don't feel like most people just like can call in horses to themselves. And yeah. So I do feel that energy very much where it's, yeah, it just feels very open and allowing and come into this safe space and be with me. And yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm, it's, it's literally you. And the reason that you don't see it in yourself is because it's unconscious. Yeah. This is a more karmic aspect of you that other people see more clearly in you, but you don't always see in yourself. Mm. Um, and it's also like through the correct communities and the right people, it's expressed even more. Mm-hmm. It's so massive for you. And we're going to go to your identity center. So you know who you are, whether you know who you are or not, and your direction in life guides and directs the people that surround themselves with you it directs their lives as well like you don't understand the trajectory that your path has in other people because the identity center houses this thing called a magnetic monopole and a magnetic monopole is quite literally this internal compass that is always guiding you to the correct people places and spaces and for you this is not only true but it's even more true because you have gate you have two gates 46 and 25, but 25 is a full channel, which we'll go into in a second, but 46 and 25 are both love gates. And 46 is, I always tell everyone, if I could have any gate on the chart that I don't already have on my own, I love my chart, but if I could add one gate, it would be this one, Mm -hmm. because this is the gate of serendipity and synchronicity. And this is about half of success for you is just showing up. It's like you have this serendipitous way of being in the right place at the right time. Um, 46 tunes into the universe. And when it trusts the universe, the universe brings it experiences that offer lessons, recognition, experiences, like whatever it needs. And it's a love gate. And this one's the love of of the body. This is literally about embodiment. And so this is someone, it's so interesting in, in knowing about your journey and knowing about like all of the pathways and different things you've done for healing. This is about not only enjoying the experience of being in the body, but like looking after it and, and finding ways to be more embodied. So whether that's like looking after your physical form or pampering your vessel and doing, you know, new age treatments or walking your dog or like any number of things in making you feel more in your body. That's what this is about. And and ultimately being able to love the body and love the experience of being embodied through it. Um, what's really interesting is you have 46 in both of your South nodes, meaning this is a really, really big theme for the first 40 years of your life. And so this experience of being in the body, being embodied, which then the second 46 40 years which is and and plus right we live until whenever long but um there's a there's what's called a uranus opposition at age 40 where you switch in human design from your south node to your north node sometimes it's like kundalini awakening but again i i also don't believe in hard and fast rules and know that timelines can shift at any time but 46 then moves to 25 north node which 25 is I always think of 25 as a love gate. That's just like pure, sweet, unshocking love. It's like the theme is literally to be love. 
that you are love. Um, first it's figuring out how to actually love the experience of being in the body. And then it's just like, you are love <laughs> and to actually be love. And that's the only, that's the point, And that's the point that colors every single thing. And 25, anyone who has it, it's like, you don't understand why people do things that are unloving. You just don't get it. It does not make sense to your being. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that this year having the dogs, mm. um, of like how much love I have and am, I didn't know that before. I don't think I had that reflected to me. And then having the dogs was like, it blew me open. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I am love. Like I am a being of love. I am like, it is like coming out of me. It is pouring out of me all the time. And it allowed me to love humans and myself in a Mm -hmm. deeper, more intimate way. This is so Mm -hmm. incredible, but I don't think I was ready to see that until this year, which is why I didn't have the puppies until now. Mm. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so perfect. And it's like, these are always there and it's just what you're moving into more and more. Mm -hmm. It's like the trajectory of your life, just to be love, Mm -hmm. just to be more love and to do that because you found it through yourself and through living. And that's how you share it with everyone else. It's so wild. Um, And it's also even more wild because you not only have this 25, but you have the full channel to your heart. Your identity is literally connected to your heart, to this motor, to this energy center that you're able to be driven by specific things or to desire things and go after your desires and have your direction be, have this direct connection to your desires that then connects also to your spleen, to being intuitively guided, that then also connects to your throat, being able to be expressed and being able to literally manifest in the world. And the 2551 is such a cool channel. It's the only channel that connects the identity center to the heart center. And when you have this, you're kind of a bridge between the spiritual and the material worlds. You reflected this in me before and I'm like, huh, guess why? I have an open identity. My purpose in life is not to know who I am. I can sit in front of someone and see and chameleon to exactly who they are. Not as a bad thing. It's just like, this is what human design has shown me. Part of my purpose is that I don't need to know who I am, but you can sit in front of me and I can see exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. But for you, that reflection that you're seeing, is just the reflection of yourself of like, you really can ground heaven and earth, right? Ground the earthly and the spiritual. And um, this, this can be a competitive channel. This can be like competitive to get the most and to get the best things out of life. And, um, but it's also a combination of not only the heart's desire, but this self-love and this, this pure love that's really guiding you into the places that will bring you pursuits that help you get the best and the most out of life. Like, it's so interesting because 25 is so just about like love, pure love, unconditional love. 51 is the place that's like where the material is housed, where their material resources are housed that are like, yeah, you you came on the earth plane, get the best things in life. Like get whatever you want. You can have, you can have it all and you can have it both. And that's where I think so much of you also shows us where we're going because there's a reason we chose to be in human bodies, not to like pretend that we're not in human bodies and dissociate from actually being here. I think that's what so much of quote unquote, the spiritual world or past spirituality has done. And like saying it's bad that we're in these forms. No, like we're here to embrace the form and you having that embodiment, that synchronicity and serendipity gate I talked about before just shows that even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 2644. So we're going back to your spleen linked to your heart. 44, you have it in both of your Plutos. 44 has a potential fear of the past. This is the other fear that can potentially happen. But your fear of the past is rooted in survival, right? So it only is a fear of the past because it's constantly looking over its shoulder in the past to like spot trends and spot where we're going in order to build a better future. This is the expert trend spotter. And that's because it's connected to 26, the most important gate in your whole chart. 26 is the best salesperson in the entire chart. And this isn't sales in the traditional way. This is when you have a a dream, an idea, something that comes from your heart, you are able to convince anyone of it and you're doing it for the greater whole. It's like this energy, the 26, um, 2644 is 
so about like knowing whatever the dream is that comes from inspiration, being able to sell that to the tribe, not doing it from a manipulative place, right? Because the low expression can be the skeezy salesperson, but knowing that um, being in such integrity, this is all about integrity, which is like core of who you are. And then being able to sell the dream and then also having looked into the past and looking at where we were in the past to where we're going and bring, being able to bring it to form. It's like heart connected to intuition, instinct. It's huge on your chart. And that wraps me up to saying that the 26 is really important. That 22, that grace is really important. The two other gates of your incarnation cross. I talked about one of them, 47, which is in your head, um, which is kind of like the born problem solver. It's the it's that gate. I talked earlier about you just having these chunks of information. Then you also having this way of being able to like funnel that information. And this is about you being able to take all of the pieces in the puzzle and making it a more coherent whole and thinking in an abstract way, but also having it make sense. The final part of your incarnation cross, so right? We have this salesperson, this integrity, these puzzle pieces of like putting things together and making it coherent, this incredible grace, this charming way that you just are being in the world. And finally, gate 45, gate of the queen, unconscious or conscious earth, what grounds all of this energy. Gate 45 is like the gate of natural leadership. You're a natural authority in life. Um, You hold the resources of the tribe and know how to disseminate them and deliver them in the way that will kept, keep everyone well-fed. It's like literally the one who holds what the tribe needs and then gives it to the tribe in the correct timing. It's a voice that's incredibly convincing, but just convincing because it's a regal leadership and it's a leadership that ultimately is, is democratic and is looking after what our needs are. And so this is where for you, especially as a leader, I mean, your whole chart points to this, but you really, really, um, are here to be recognized as a leader with influence and to not move away from that or move into that as kind of like an old way of doing it. Right. Cause you're here to carve the new pathways. And, um, when you're not only connected in the right tribe, but like seen for your leadership and are able to deliver it in a way that makes you not only feel an even greater sense of community, but feels really, really impactful for you. You're living your purpose, which really, I, I mean, you don't need human design to know. It's just a good, it's a good tool to affirm that not only are you on the right path, but like you're a walking example of this right now. So with that, I could dive into <laughs> that. It's like just a very scratch the surface glimpse of you, but it's kind of a taste of what human design can show just by this crazy looking chart through your being. and you know, oftentimes I do it and I'm inherently skeptical of systems so that I prove that they're correct. And that's why I love the systems I do. Cause I'm like, mm, they've been correct time and time again. And human design, it never fails to astonish me. Cause sometimes I say things, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I should be telling this person, I don't know it, but from knowing you and doing your chart, which is kind of even more fun. Uh, it's like, this is so you, Yeah, <laughs> it's so who you are. You know, what's crazy is my number in volleyball is 26. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow. And as you were talking about like community and integrity and, and all these different words, those are the key words that I use for soul fire. We are a company built on a foundation of community and integrity. Oh my God. Like literally I mean... every sales call I have, that is what I say. And my close rate is like over 90% because I just show up. I'm genuine. I speak about and live in integrity and believe so deeply in community. And I understand that that's what everyone wants and needs at the end of the day. And so to build a company that is based on that and be of service in that way now makes complete sense. Wow. Wow. I can't believe the 26 thing. And also that you say integrity, that's the new, that's like the quantum human design, design language. Mm. Old school is the sales new school is it's called the gate of integrity and so literally like most yang aspect of you is integrity and being able to sell a belief that's like 
changing the hearts and the souls of anyone who is connected with it. Damn. So good. You're magical. <laughs> oh my God. You are too. Look at this. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. And I receive, I receive. Um, and I'm so happy that we finally did. This. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> we could also do this for the rest of the day. So I think uh, this is going to be two episodes and we'll have to have you on for many more because this is so awesome. Thank you. So awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. I love you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Always. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space, to continue to challenge yourself, to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing. I would love, love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.